Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. eyes and he stumbled and fell. I rode across the creek, got off the horse and took my rifle out of the scabbard in case I had to make a shot. For 20 minutes with my spotlight, we watched these two creatures. I, I would, I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. I've met people who swear they've seen Bigfoot. It's a very ominous feeling. First of all, everything is one color. It's like a dark pewter color. There are no right angles anywhere. There was almost nothing other than a small foldable hatchway that looked recognizable. Everything was, uh, was really unworldly. The other option is, is that these entities are in fact hybrid beings. They are some sort of a hybrid that's coming in and out of our dimension. My arm contacted him. He just fell back very unexpectedly easy into the other one. And I rolled off the table in the other direction. And uh, they came around the table and the three of them were coming towards me. The Bigfoot mystery, I've come to see it as a microcosm of a much bigger mystery. And the mystery is who we are in this universe. And they said, well, why don't we have this thing in the zoo? And he said, you don't have this in the zoo because it doesn't want to be in the zoo. I just think we limit ourselves so much by making it fit into what we can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear. And we can't see, taste, touch, smell, and hear 99.9% of reality. We have a, an amazing guest tonight. Uh, we're actually interviewing an, an author, a self-published author, first-time author, uh, a book called Tomato Fields. His name is Tim Moon. Welcome to our show, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all? I'm feeling pretty good, man. It's uh, it's a good day, you know. After work, you know, it's uh, I don't know, it's it's dreary. It's hot sometimes. It's very humid where we're at. We're not used to that. We're used to dry weather in Utah, so it definitely feels a little intense. But I'm excited. Well, it's, it's really hot in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived here for a while, but I think this is the hottest summer I remember. And so it it's it's hot. It's when it's into the hundreds in Texas. It's really hot. What are we supposed to do? Like, what do you do when you're driving around? I mean, what happens if your AC stops working? Like, how, how do people survive out there? Well, I mean, most people, blood's a little thinner. So if they have to be outside for a while, they can, but that doesn't mean they want to be, unless they're at a lake or a swimming pool. But uh, um, yeah. I work inside. So if, if I was a contractor, I, I'm not sure how those guys do it. I guess they just get, their blood just gets thinner and they get used to it. I've heard people from uh, down further south in Texas, uh, Brownsville area, come up north just just a couple, two or three hundred miles, and then they don't like it because it's too cold up here. No, <laughs> so, not here. What What's funny about that is like there's definitely an adaptability about humans, right? It's kind of it's kind of cool because this is, could be a segue into what we're talking about here. But I feel like there's uh, just like us, you know. We wear t-shirts when it's, you know, 60, maybe 55 degrees outside. 
and yeah, roll our windows down because we're so used to cold winters, right? But yeah. other people from California come over, Texas, an example, and they're like, wow, you guys are wearing t-shirts driving around with windows down. You got the sunroof, you know, the <laughs> convertibles open. It's like, yeah, adaptability for sure. If I have to wear a coat, I feel like I just, I'm not happy. <laughs> I just don't like it. I feel like, and then when it gets cold, I mean, down into the forties here, I feel like I'm freezing from the inside out. So yeah. I just, I just can't take it anymore. But that reminds me of the kid from Christmas story. Remember where they put like 20 coats on him and he can't even put his arms down. <laughs> yeah. That's that, what I want to do is put massive coats on. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. This one, oh, go ahead. I apologize. This, this summer's hot though. It's oh, making yeah. rethink how, how much I like hot weather, but probably still going to stick with it. Yeah, no, it's, and, and we're going to be visiting Texas a lot. Actually, um, if you don't mind, I guess before we get really going here, I don't know if you, you mind giving just a little backstory about yourself and kind of who you are and, and like some of the stuff well, you like to do and all that kind of stuff, if you don't mind, and just kind of... No problem. I'm a, a longtime teacher and an administrator at, in, a pri- in private schools, and I have been in, in Austin, Texas for about eight years and then different other parts of the country. Uh, for for another uh, fifteen or twenty, and I'm I'm doing mostly administration right now, but I've done a lot of teaching in the in the past as well. I teach history and government and economics and rhetoric and logic, and and I uh, often talk about Bigfoot with my kids. <laughs> I was going to so, ask about that. At least when they ask, I don't force it on anybody. But, um, however, as a historian, I, I've always been interested in the topic of Bigfoot, and it probably started when I was a kid and I saw the, the movie Legend of Bogey Creek, which is a famous cult film about a Bigfoot-type creature that was attacking some people in a cabin in Arkansas in, in a Bogey Creek area, and it became a massive hit. It was, it's just a cold film now, and, but it still makes money. Uh, and it was just intriguing. And I um, watched that movie, and ever since I believed in Bigfoot. I don't know why. I, it just seemed real to me. Well, didn't they have in that movie, that was about Falk, Arkansas. And uh, in that movie, yeah. by the way, I, I finally watched about half of it uh-huh. um, because I'd never seen it before. Um, and we're, you know, it wasn't our, our generation necessarily, but um, we're avid Bigfoot people for sure. But yeah, I finally watched it and uh, and I, and it was very well done. And like uh, I think they had like interviews with some of the real people, obviously the real people and stuff that had some experiences and stuff. So it was uh, it was kind of beyond its time a little bit when it came to way way beyond stuff. its time. Yeah. yeah, they did a great job with that, and it's just turned into a huge hit. It's a little hokey by our standards, but. But I mean, for a million bucks, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing what they did. And it grabbed my, it really captured my imagination. And from then on, I felt like there's probably something to this thing. So I've always been curious about it. And then um, about 20 years ago, I really started doing the research because I'm thinking more as a historian and thinking, you know, all of these reports that people are giving from all over the world and in different countries, different religions, different ethnic groups, different belief systems and worldviews, and um, different languages. I mean, that's, and they're all roughly reporting the same thing. Uh, The animals act the same, they they roughly look the same, they're bigger or smaller, depending on the area you see. Some are more aggressive, but there's a lot of the same reports. How are, how is that possible? Right. You can't get people to do what you want them to do uh, as it is, but to do them for all these other countries. So there's, it's just too weird to not exist, to not be something. It's there, There's too much smoke to not have some kind of fire somewhere. And I just, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is yet. I can only guess, but something's out there and you, you people got to take the heads out. 
What I feel, um, Tim, I'm with you on that. I feel like this could get into a lot of the things we want to talk about when it comes to like the native tribes and the different things. All of them have a very similar thing, right? And I think uh, a very similar story with a Bigfoot in it. And they have, they call them different things, you know, the wood wood creatures, the forest uh, helpers, like all these different lines, right? Um, Yeah, the devil, the devil. Not all the tribes felt that, that good about them. No, you're right. And I think a lot of that could be like, you know, encroaching on food sources, maybe um, encroaching on like a lot of things, right? The hunting is a huge part of a lot of native tribes. So I wonder if it's just a lot of that, maybe snatching up kids. I hope that's not the case, you know, but you've heard stories, the missing. Could be. be. So Um, I'm with you on that. And I think um, how can it almost, how can it not be true, right? At this point, when it comes to those types of things, and I wish people would really look into this subject a lot more. Um, I know that the government likes to, um, we can get into the government stuff, but I know they like to suppress things, you know, and especially if it's something that doesn't uh, fit their paradigm. I love using that word, you know, but I feel like, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about all that? Do you think that there's like some suppression? Do you think that there's, you know, what's, what's the big picture, I guess, when it comes to Bigfoot, do you think there's a, uh, I think there, there's suppression. I think the Bigfoot mystery, I've come to see it as a microcosm of a much bigger mystery. And the mystery is who we are in this universe. Uh, we think we're the center of it, but we're not the center of it. We're a very small planet in a very small solar system in a very small galaxy amongst billions of galaxies with trillions of stars and trillions of planets that can hold life like we have here and over a vast area of 92 billion light years. So we are not probably alone in this universe. And it's very likely that this, that it's not a purely materialistic mechanistic universe, that it's a, there's a spiritual nature to it. And it's, and it's a uh, like if they say paranormal, all paranormal means is that you don't understand it. Right. It's beyond what you're normally used to. But we, I think, we want everyone to be trapped in this materialistic world where our five senses are all we have, and we are only what we see, taste, smell, touch, and and hear. And that's how a lot of people make money. <laughs> right. And, and um, I, I kind of think that there's a there's a, a, a profit in them keeping us stupid. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. Honestly, let me just tell you this, man. I feel like, yeah, we're, we're going down rabbit holes now. <laughs> but I feel like... I don't mind. I don't mind. Right. I, these are important things. You got kindred spirits. I, I will say this, you know, when... To, I don't know if you feel this way, but, you know, you're looking at these holiday seasons and all these holiday seasons come up again. It's like all about spending so much money and all about like stimulating the economy. And I just look around at people and I'm always like, man, not to talk smack or anything, but I just feel like there's, there's such a, I mean, heads are down that, you know, our generation, we're millennials, which is, is an unfortunate thing in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of good development with some millennials in a lot of ways. But I will say that like the heads are down, just people are so focused on spending and there's just so much just rush, 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 not focusing on like the smallest things in life that really matter, the most important things, the family, the, you know, the taking a moment to, to, to look into the things that I sit on the balcony and I stare at the stars and stuff sometimes. And I'm like, this is so it's cool. True. There's, there's so many amazing things that we have the privilege to be involved with every day. And we're so worried about the next job or the next event or the next, and not that we don't have to have jobs and we have to do events and we have to go places and we have schedules and clocks, but they don't have to drive us. I mean, we can, yeah, we can live in the moment. There's magic there, and yeah. you're not just a physical object in space. And, and I'll tell you what, Tim. Like we we start seeing those mysteries that we talk about when you start doing that. You start relaxing and getting away yeah. from the big lights of the city and stuff like that. That's when I've seen the things I've seen. And I'll tell you, like it's it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And I feel like the, the older generations, like this old civilizations, right? They they would draw UFOs on their on their on their rock sides, and they would draw right. right. And so they were seeing things that they couldn't also explain, but we're seeing them. But it's just a it's a different feel. It's like we're trying to suppress it in some way with without even wanting really to. You know, I go into I go into this in the book because this is important. And one of my one of the great characters in the book is a Native American, and he he challenges the the Caucasians 
And they said, well, why don't we have this thing in the zoo? And he said, you don't have this in the zoo because it doesn't want to be in the zoo. Wow. Yeah, he, you said he's like an elder, right? Like kind of an, he's um, an elder. elder. Yeah, he's I mean, he's, fictional, he's a fictional character. Um, but he the whole idea is that we the reason the Native Americans didn't explain everything is because they didn't think everything needed to be explained. Yeah, good point. And we don't need to explain everything. OK, we should. I mean, we should try. It should be the normal part of our curiosity to try to understand things better. But it doesn't have to involve the pride of having to know everything. Why do you think we're doing this show? We're we're <laughs> right. We're doing. We're we're trying to get some answers. But it's funny as we do it. It's like we. Sure. It's questions and answers constantly. It's like you fi you figure something out and then more questions pop There's up. It's more like questions. questions. Yeah, and that's almost all. Always when you learn something, you always learn more about what you don't know. That segues into one of my questions for you, Tim. Honestly, like this was one of the things I was thinking of. And I'm, it's just funny to, that we're going into this and we just riff, right? It just makes sense. We just fall into it. That's how this world is. Yeah. But oftentimes, you know, there's all these mysteries, like the mystery word that you use. It's like it's mentioned in your book. It's a catalyst for a lot of the things that intrigue you, right? I feel like it's a big pool. Like once you start looking into things, it's like everything just kind of falls into the same spot. It's almost like a creator, our creator, whoever it is, was, you know, however you want to believe that has it set up to where we're just maybe not meant to know how it all will tie together. But for some reason, it kind of like goes into that same vein, you know, all these different things, the Mothmans, the Dogmans, the, the Bigfoots, the UFO thing, the ghost paradigm, all these different things, right? It's almost like, is it because we're, we're living in a, this, what I, my theory is maybe we're living in a three dimension and there's like a fourth or fifth dimension. That's where these, a lot of these things kind of sit in a lot of ways. Um, what's your theory on that? Like, why is it so we're so close yet so far we're, we're getting so close and it all goes into the same pool, but then it's like, we still don't really. Know. Well, I'll answer that, but I'll answer. I'm going to tell you a story first, if you don't mind. I have always felt when I was a kid, I just loved Star Trek. I still do. I just love the idea of traveling space. And I've always felt just inside a little bit disappointed that I was never going to get to visit other planets. Probably, you know, I guess it could happen, but probably I'm not going to. And I was walking down the hill and I was looking at, I was just doing a walk with my wife and I was looking down at these trees at the bottom of the hill and the sun was shining on them. And it was just one of those moments that we were talking about. Where I just felt connected to the universe and not just seeing a view, but being part of the view. It was just, it just happens once in a while. And at that instant, I thought to myself, being connected, I'm experiencing the same connection with the universe here on earth with that tree, seeing that tree and sensing that tree as I would if I was on a planet in another galaxy. It's the same universe. It's the same God. <laughs> and right. I can't experience it there, but I can experience here. And if you can experience the God that created the universe, then that's kind of experiencing the universe, even though you can't go to places 92 million light years away yet. Really cool. Um, and the way that uh, just that you, um, yeah, just illustrated that because that's, I've, there's been times that I've had that, those same feelings. And I know a lot of our listeners have too. And yeah, it's, it's exactly, that was a really well way of, of putting that. It's just that if we we should think less about figuring it all out, find to want to figure it out, it's fine to be curious. That's a gift also of, of who we are. But just enjoy being part of it. I think if we learn to enjoy being part of it, we'll judge it less and we'll maybe be more receptive to hearing things. You know how when you just you're tired and you can't think of anything anymore? And you just put it down and go away and, or take a nap or go to sleep or just rest. And then suddenly you start getting answers. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I think if we were less demanding that it be done our way and that it meet these specifications and we get it in this amount of time and we make this much money. I mean, how can God teach us anything with those demands? Right. It's, uh, it's, it's the ones that are willing to seek right? Yeah. It's, it's seek and you shall receive, like seek and you uh, shall find. It's exactly find. that. And honestly, it's a small percentage, man. I feel like it's a small percentage of us that are willing to even look into this stuff. Like, let me ask you this. Does your, does your wife, um, is she jiving on this stuff or does she, does she get annoyed <laughs> my, by it? Or is she, what's she my thinking? wife takes me with a grain of salt. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she um, is more, she, she just doesn't want to, she's just not into Bigfoot at all. Okay, she is spiritual. She is she is uh, open to talking about spiritual things and 
but she's a little more down to earth. I'm a little bit more mystical and cosmic on the whole thing. And she's a little bit more earth centered. So, uh, so we don't relate on all of it, but I know she believes in God and she trusts God. And so, and some of it, we just, <laughs> I have learned with Bigfoot that I only bring it up uh, when I think people are open to talking about it without either getting mad or without laughing or getting frustrated. So that's kind of. Yeah. I, I think your wife is the same way as mine. <laughs> she's like, okay, you know, she, there's certain things she's like, I can, I can understand, you know, ghosts. I can understand like demons or whatever. Right. But Bigfoot, she's like, I'm not so sure. And I'm like, what the heck? There's so many How are you not sure eyewitnesses that, that are credible, like police officers and, and, and ambulance people and, you know, uh, military and all this kind of stuff, right? Teachers um, that are that are seeing this stuff. And uh, I don't know, but I, I've been trying to educate her a little bit more because I think that's part of it, too. She's just not as educated on it. But uh, it, well, it's funny. <laughs> I relate to you on that. <laughs> you got to know you got to when you know the facts and you're open to them, it's hard not to believe in the thing. Well, and, and Tim, I think this, like I'm single right now, obviously dating somebody, but um, at the same time, you know, I see it from the outside. And I think a lot of this stuff is, it's very easy for people to be ignorant and ignorance is bliss, right? And when they start, when they start bringing it out in the open, this whole UFO or whatever, UFP, whatever, whatever they want to call it right now, there's this thing now where everybody believes in that everyone should believe in it. They're talking about it in the government now, and there's all this stuff happening, right? Which we've never- Now I'm starting not to believe it. Right. So, so yeah, because the government's bringing it up. Now I'm starting to, well, what was I doing wrong? Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Good but, point. So now everybody believes in it, right? If they didn't before in a lot of ways. And that's just like how civilization I feel like is, but then there's the, the few of us that are like, look, I was, I was right on that, man. Like t- 20 years ago, I felt like I was right on that. Now it's finally coming out, you know? And it's like, well, I don't know if we're all going to have that luxury to see all these things come to fruition. And we may never know like the Bigfoot thing. And we may never, may never know what all this is tied together. But um, I think it's good for us to just to just to share it, try to be open yeah. to it and have people see what's going on here as best they can, you know? Yeah, I think that's all we can do. But the when they got start telling me that there's crash alien craft and they think I'm happy with just that, <laughs> I don't know. No. Where are they? Where do they look like? Let me see the pictures. Let me see the bodies. Exactly. Right. Don't come out with this stuff and then just stop. It's like making dinner and having you smell it, but not allowing you to eat it. <laughs> yeah. The one that got me was the Vegas part, man. When you when they're in yeah. Vegas and, and they get that, that phone call. I don't know. You've probably heard the, the famous phone call. I heard it. I just didn't take it for serious. But yeah, I struggle with it too because I'm just not sure. It's like now there's nine foot creatures outside somebody's backyard, and he's very calm when he's saying it. And the I don't know, I, I'm very leery of a lot of these um, things that are out in the open, and I feel like there's a, a purpose behind it some bigger purpose, some kind of big, um, a, what do you call it, illusion of some sort? Who knows? But we'll see, you know. My mind is, you know, let's just let's just stick to the facts. Let's stick to what we know is true. And it's, it's just like Bigfoot if you see one. There's something else going on. So you better be aware of what's going on all around you. <laughs> and yeah. with this thing, something else is going on. Right. Good point. Yeah, they, exactly. They, it, it's a, it may very well be a distraction of something. I don't know. But I'm not going to – they're not answering my questions. I don't know whose questions they're answering, but they're not answering mine. I want to yeah. see the body. I want to see the pictures. I want to see the, the spacecraft. I want to know where they came from. Right. Let me ask Who you this. Who doesn't man? want to know that? How how can someone in Congress not be answering that? Let me ask you this, Tim. Do you think that, because I am of the, the mindset that they've probably had multiple. I mean, if you're saying they're running across roads, these Bigfoot, right? These Sasquatch creatures, yeah. they're running across roads, right? I believe, yeah. and we actually had an occurrence here that I'll, we can get into here in a sec, but I believe that there's stuff happening and they've probably had multiple creatures found so every time i hear in these podcasts where it's like we just need to have a body then we'll have proof and stuff yeah there's that's plenty all, of bodies that's all well and good but what about yeah they're not going to show those bodies to us yet they're not right. ready to give that you, information you just go to a veterinarian or two and and say i've got the, i ran over this this gorilla and i've got it in my refrigerator what should i do and and see how long it takes someone to come looking 
they'll they'll have they'll come full gear, you know, SWAT SWAT type gear and stuff, you know. <laughs> but someone's gonna find find out if you could get that veterinarian to believe it. Someone's gonna come looking. Speaking of that, have you heard of the um? Have you ever heard the story, the Battle Mountain incident, the fire in Nevada, yeah. and yeah. and that yeah. big yeah. creature that kind of came out, yeah. of the, out of the fire? We yeah, we covered it on one of our podcasts, and it was Ooh. that one just sticks with me for some reason because it's amazing. But you know, they they took the thing away after they administered you know some medical treatment, right? Exactly. So yeah. And honestly, have you seen the Mount St. Helens one? Have you heard the Mount St. Helens? I one? have. Did, yeah. After the yeah. eruption. Yes. And they were working with them. They were talking to them. Do you, so they must understand. I mean, the Battle Mountain one was crazy because, like, the there was a native lady who was uh, part of the ambulance crew that was trying to help out. And Yeah, I remember said, hearing about that. I listened yeah. to them one just recently. Yeah, she so. said, like, uh, the language it was speaking was, like, almost yeah. like a dialect of Navajo or something. And um, so, but how were the, I don't know, how were the uh, Mount St. Helens ones being able to speak to them unless it was all, like, telepathic or something? It, it sounded like they knew how to speak the language, that someone had learned the language. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one of us had learned their language. Crazy. So let me ask you this. This is kind of going back to your kind of back to reality just a little bit. But let me ask you this. Uh, you have colleagues, I'm sure, um, that probably know you're maybe a little bit vocal about some of this stuff. You remind me of Jeff Meldrum, maybe a little bit in that regard. Are you, do you get a lot of pushback from like the academic world, you know, academia? No, no, no I'm not. But if, if I was at a university, I would. Okay. If I was at a, maybe a, a huffy puffy elitist private school, I might, but I, I doubt it. And, and today I think the reason it's a big deal in the universities is because of the grant money. And everybody's afraid if they offend someone, they won't get their grant money. Uh, yeah. It's all driven by the love of money. So do you have, so, so when you have that in high school or in high schools and it's reflected in different ways, they, they, it's mostly tuition payers and they just have, they're not worried about someone believing in Bigfoot. Right. So you've never, gonna, had any, you've never had any threats from um, colleagues or, or from like, you know, administration or anything saying, hey, you know, you need to stop saying this no. stuff. Well, I don't. It's like I said, like I said, I don't go out of my way to make a big deal out of it. That's, if somebody yeah. asks me about it, I answer. Them, and I if they ask me more, I answer more. <laughs> and then, But I don't go out of my way doing it. Um, I think I'm there to teach kids history, not to to promote Bigfoot. Although I think uh, at one school, they I asked if we could do a Bigfoot club and they thought it was fun when it was just fun. But when they started to get the idea that I really believed it, I think they started having some doubts, but I didn't stay there very long. And that may have been part of it, but I never suspected that. Just, just a possible connection. Yeah. But that was a strange lady there that well, was I'm, running. I'm I'm glad for you that that's, you know, not been a thing. Cause I think there's probably others that have had a lot of issues that have tried it's to. Possible. And I'm that's, sure that has been at the university, but that's mostly because of money. Right. Gotcha. Um, are you, so you're in Texas. So, uh, I mean, have you heard of, uh, Josh Turner and, uh, paranormal round, uh, round table? I think it's called no. their podcast. No, I haven't. Those guys so. are cool. They, they're out in Austin, Austin area. Uh, the guy's yeah. name, uh, he, go, he goes by Wolf, um, and he hosts a show and, uh, his name is Josh Turner, but he goes by Wolf. Oh, and have I'd those... love to hear more about it. I'd love to get to know him or meet yeah, him. I'll I'll send you his uh, just his profile so you can like link okay. up and maybe start talking to him because he the coolest thing with his show and with him and just because uh, we'll lead into this. But I know you we kind of talked off air and you were talking about you know Texas and the local area and stuff and they've got so many stories that are coming out of that area, especially Austin. Um, uh-huh. Just locals, and it's really, really impressive. Like some of the stuff that uh, the crazy, this you know stuff you'd never, ever, uh, you know, anticipate. But yeah, I'll give you his stuff because it'll be fun for yeah, you to I'd link up with him. And I'd love to connect. Yeah, cool, awesome. But yeah, Tim. So real quick, so just to kind of go back to that other, you know, how they they probably found a body. They probably have multiple bodies. Blah blah blah. The reason yeah, I, I say that is because when we were driving through um, a canyon here in Utah, it's a Spanish Fork Canyon. A uh, really pretty area. We were heading up to uh, a campsite, kind of Schofield, Utah. It's an old mining town. We actually did a podcast about that too, because it was a, a big mining cool. disaster. 
But yeah, as we were driving up there, there was a huge stop on the road up the canyon, right? There was like just a massive stop and we we're trying to figure out what was going on. It was just traffic everywhere. And I saw all these cars, these vans parked on the side. And I don't remember what they said on the vans, but it was like a, it seemed like a government style van. And there was people coming out and they were walking around across the roads and different things. And then all of a sudden we look over to the right and there's this helicopter and it's like on the other side of the canyon, but you can see it kind of coming through the canyon. And it has a, it has like a big, it looked like it was carrying a person or something like something, an animal, you know, when they like transport an animal or a person and they're in like a big, big kind of hammock thing underneath and it's hanging down. That's what it was doing. And it was a black marked helicopter and yeah, it went across to another Canyon and then it just disappeared. And then all of a sudden the traffic was flowing again, but there was like literally 20, 30 of these workers running around looking like, like the world was ending right there and there wasn't a fire. There wasn't anything super, super crazy that I could tell. So I was thinking, man, are they trying to cover up a dead Bigfoot over here? Like what happened? It looked like a big creature in there. And yeah. so that's what, that's my theory is that they're over here, obviously covering up things they want to cover up. We're starting to be more privy of this as time's going on with the media and things that are going on with the government and stuff. So I'm, I'm tired of the government thinking that I'm, I need to be protected. Me too. I'm with you. I I think it's time to put their big boy pants on and start acting like adults and treating them like adults too. I'm I'm really tired of it. I'm Uh, I'm insulted by it, and I'm personally insulted by what the what they've brought out on UFOs. Right. And and I can't believe the senators can can look themselves in the mirror and be happy with this. Right. Absolutely. Same thing. We think the same way all the time. It's like okay, you guys are just releasing stuff for like you know, people who are just not, I don't know. It's just, it's too simple, too simple. And then they just, they leave it, leave it at that. They go nowhere with it. It's yeah. And then you can't even ask questions. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. I was watching the, I watched a little bit of it just enough to know that it wasn't worth watching it anymore. And even the, the two representatives that were seemed to be leading it, they had to, I, it was hard not to think they looked for the least intelligent ones or the least capable ones to lead it because right. they were asking the wrong questions. They didn't really know what they were doing. They were disorganized. They they seemed confused. And yeah. I'm thinking that's the best you could find to lead this investigation or question these. It just, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I mean, I know that you're not going to find 425 really capable, talented congressmen. But you could find a few, right? right? This is right. The biggest question in the, in the history is that there's life on other planets visiting us. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Maybe you could get one of your better senators to look into that. So what do you think? What do you think the big picture? Because you brought up before on the, one of the other podcasts I heard you on. Um, I think it was Shane Jones' podcast. And you said um, you brought up the microcosm of a macrocosm, you know, Bigfoot being just that and that there's a bigger picture situation going on. What do you think, what do you think that bigger picture is, especially when it comes to these cryptids and, and stuff? Like, is it, what, what's the reason, what is the well, reason they're hiding the it? Reason is it I, the logging industry or something else? No. I mean, yeah, that's dumb. Spotted owl, the spotted owl almost killed the logging industry. Right. Over a spotted owl. If they cared about the logging industry, would they have done that? I think that's a little bit of a red herring. Um, but I think that, I think it goes back to the materialist, the the desire to make a materialistic universe, the make that the reality. The what you t- see, taste, touch, smell, and hear is the reality, and not allow people to go beyond that. I think that's because you can sell it. Yeah, there's profit in it, and I know that a lot gets covered up, so it's hard to to say with definitive proof that there are things behind, for example, Tesla. Tesla was doing a lot of stuff with energy. and But it wasn't energy you could make money on. It was actually free energy. Free energy would do a lot for us. But it would destroy a lot of industries that make a lot of money off making us need them. And what if there is a way to have free energy? Well, yeah. I could see why they would suppress that. What if it's related to... Uh, us understanding in uh, that we do have an impact on on reality when we observe it, when we measure it. If you understand quantum physics and the measurement principle, 
you realize it, we don't understand it completely. When I say understand, I mean if you're aware of it. We don't understand it completely, but to some degree, when we when we observe or measure reality, it collapses into physical reality. It's the collapse of the wave function. It goes from being energy energetic waves to physical photons. Tall, and, tall frequency. Yeah, into frequency. Yeah. And, 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 and if... Um, it may very well be that we are in, we have more power over things than we think. There's a spiritual nature to it all. There's a immaterial nature to it all that, that transcends three-dimensional reality. Three-dimensional reality is space. It's width, width, height, and depth. And then you add space, time to it, which is the fourth dimension. That gives you four-dimensional reality. And But M-theory is brought out for the purpose of trying to bring Einstein's theories in connection with quantum theories and, and being able to figure out the math, make the math talk to each other. That has, that believes there's multiple dimensions. There could be 11 dimensions and there could be seven or eight additional universes as the size of this one are bigger. And, and, and a lot of that is inter those dimensions. Who knows what's going on there? So I just think we limit ourselves so much by making it fit into what we can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear. And we can't see, taste, touch, smell, and hear 99.9% of reality. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, that show. I don't know if you're up to date on that, what's going on with it. I watch a little bit of it, but if it's on TV, I... You have to doubt it, right? You have to question it and stuff. A little bit. I mean, a little. I don't want to criticize everything that's on tv but i just i just take things with a grain of salt that's, yeah that's no that's uh, that's the very best way to be and and you know travis the the scientist guy that's on that show he uh he he was heading the research projects and with nasa and stuff you know with when it comes to ufos and stuff so you kind of got to wonder you know if he's somehow getting fed stuff from the government that you know to kind of hijack what's really going on and stuff you got to wonder about that and I, I wonder why they trust him sometimes over there even though he's a really good seems like a good guy but um but yeah no but they're really focusing heavily on like frequency and um you know uh on the, one of the recent episodes they had like a lost time event where they they had like a lost couple seconds of time and they measured it and stuff and like how did that happen you know that makes no sense if, as far as you know, science, they've never been able to record something like that, according to them, which could just be TV. But but it was pretty cool. Pretty interesting. I'm like, the lost time phenomenon is very interesting. Yeah, actually, we're doing our so this show is going to come out after podcast 38, which is about lost time. So you're going to be 39. Cool. But 38 is about lost time. So hopefully you'll tune into that and listen to that because okay, we did a show on it. Do you ever have you ever done anything on portals? That'll be 30. Uh, that'll be 40. I'm listening to that because I, I'm interested in some of that with with in my sequel. So I'm Sweet. starting to try to study it. So if you know any good sources to research for things like that, I'd be love to hear it. I will say, Tim, uh, when we're in Ivins, Utah, it's a very heavy Native American lore culture area. Uh, Red Rock, really beautiful Southern Utah kind of feel. We were down there just kind of hanging around. We heard that there's going to be some um, petroglyphs on some of the rocks and stuff, right? So, but, but some of them are hard to find. Some of them aren't like very easy. It's not like a, there's a civilized version where you can just walk down a little path and see some, some of them right there, but other uh, ones are kind of hidden. It's not like rocks. a public tourist thing. It's like, yeah. you, you just got to kind of explore and you may find something. So we're going down a couple areas. We climb down one little cliff and we climb down another little cliff. And all of a sudden we see what looks like a symbol of a portal. It's that spiral that they do on a rock, you know? A perfect like six six line spiral or something. We took a picture of that. We posted on our Instagram. So that's on our Supernatural Station Instagram page uh, a little further in. And then we posted another one. It was literally like just a couple knocks down the down the walkway there. And we I, I had a sense about it. I was standing on the top of the rock and I'm looking at my brother Roman. I'm like, I feel like there's a petroglyph over here somewhere. And I literally just jumped off the rock and went down in this little clearing. And all of a sudden there was another one with a portal just like that. And you can tell they're very old. Very, so I think that's a portal symbol because I've seen that from a lot of Native American tribes. It's weird because if you go right behind that where those rocks are, you know, where those portals are on the rocks, you can't go there. It's a it's a native area where you literally can't go into it. They have it's all fenced off and there's some guys, you know, sort of blocking it in a way. And it, it had a weird mysterious feel about it when you're looking through it from uh, from on top of the cliff. 
Um, uh-huh. And there's a spot that kind of looked like a portal from up there. It was just uh-huh. a weird spot. So, yeah, we, we definitely think about that stuff quite a bit. Well, I think I wonder if um, there isn't ability of maybe some of these animals to go into portals and then come right. out and go in and it's just a fact and that, that more and more science is demonstrating at least a theoretical possibility of some of that so yeah. i'm not saying they know how to do it or anything or will will for a long time but well a, a lot of bigfoot experiences that come out like people that have seen bigfoot they'll have uh th- what they describe is almost like a predator thing kind of um you know around the creature like yeah, almost they, like you, you see that mirage kind of look above a fire that type of yeah. thing and yeah. the light too right the light they're often associated with lights and and there's a lot of that in the big thicket lights and stuff so it just seems like it's a place to introduce some of that and keep the story going yeah. anyway that's well, an idea so i'm curious about anything you have found or see or good yeah, research well, Okay. We'll send you a lot of stuff. We'll, com- you know, we'll keep uh, communication with you because we want to try to help you with some of our knowledge, and we'd love That's to awesome. get some of your knowledge and stuff too. Appreciate it. And if I go out there to to that area with these guys, I will definitely take some video and stay in touch. Um, there's a few shows that want to stay in touch with me on that, so I'm happy to do that with you. Please, we love it. Yeah, add us to the list on that. Hey, um. I wanted to ask you, I want to talk a little bit more about your book, if you're willing to, yeah, sure. you know, because I think, um, I mean, part of the reason we're doing this show is we want to get your book out there and, you know, get the word out that you that you have a book and that, um, you know, that it's kind of based what it sounds like on cryptid, a cryptid creature situation. Yeah. Um, and we haven't read it yet, but we will. I mean, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to purchase the book and make sure I read it and stuff. But I saw that your the setting of the book is Mason County, Washington. What's the reason you picked that area? Well, um, about in the last 20 years or so, I started thinking that maybe if we, if more people focused on writing fiction about this mystery and uh, developed characters and story, stories, characters that were interesting and stories that were dramatic, captivating, if you could do that, maybe you could win people to this mystery or at least being open to it through you know, engaging their emotions and their imaginations in, in this subject. And because and uh, uh, someone told me once that facts tell, but stories sell. Ah. And I thought, well, let's think about writing stories about this that would capture people's imaginations possibly. I mean, I'm not saying I did that, but that was kind of something I've been thinking is important. So I wanted to write this book and... This, this this idea came up because my brother told me a story about 10 years ago that he saw one. And I just asked him if he ever saw anything strange in the woods. And he started telling me this story that just blew my mind. It was about having been at his house, and, and he lives off the Hood Canal Hook on Mason County, Washington, where he bought some property to build houses on. He's a builder. And it was rural area with lots of forest. And he uh, he w- went out to his truck one night to fix the taillights. And he smelled something really funny. And it was kind of gross and thought maybe something had died. And he was looking around to see what it was. And just up the hill to his left, was a, there was a Bigfoot standing there. And it was about, like, like you said, about nine and a half feet tall. He knows that because... He saw that its head was close to a, on this light pole, place on this, this light pole that was there. And it looked at him, it, and it started screaming at him. I mean, you smell it, you see it, and then it starts screaming at him. Okay? So it was, it was mad at him, or it was threatened by him, or it was trying to threaten him. Uh, and it scared him to, to, to death. And he ran for his house and got into his house and grabbed his shotgun and looked back out the window. He was sure it was coming for his house and it was still standing there and it just uh, stopped screaming, turned around, walked back in the woods and he never saw it again. And, but he was scared to death and he uh, didn't want to tell people because he was afraid they would laugh at him. He was almost afraid that I was not believing him. 
because I was asking him a bunch of questions because I'd never heard him tell me this story to, to, to have someone you know all of a sudden tell you a story this dramatic. It just, I just wanted to make sure I understood it completely. And so, but he's sensitive to it. Now he's more open and I've got him to come on podcasts. So he's more open now to talk about it. But at first he was afraid people would laugh at him. Jeez. So that's, so that's why you picked that area because I mean, obviously they're out there. <laughs> yeah. I just figured, well, I'm going to use this as my inspiration to get started. So I just based it around that area, but I went back to the seventies because the reason it's the tomato fields, there was a, they dumped, they used to dump sewage, the raw sewage in this field uh, back there. They would haul it out in the trucks and squirt it out in a hose and that was before they got a sewage plant and had some laws that, that called for different ways of disposing of it. But as a result, there was a lot of vegetable seeds that came from human waste and grew into vegetables. And there was a lot of vegetables that grew wild out in this area that, that where they did this. And Joe kind of called it the tomato fields, kind of a slang term. And um, so he said that would be the good, a good name for the book. So I just ran with it. And it, it is interesting, and most most people who are have an artistic bent to them like it. Some of the more, more cool black and white people, black and white thinkers, tend to go, well, what do tomatoes have to do with Bigfoot? So, but for a lot of people, really like it, and there's kind of an artsy nature to it. So, um, yeah, anyway, have have you ever been out that that way? Like, have you ever been out yeah. to Macy County? Yes, I've been in Macy a lot. Uh, we we went there and looked for some signs for Bigfoot, and we found a few things that were mysterious. But uh, and he he's taken me out and shown me the the area that used to be the tomato fields. Now it's just acres and acres of green. I can if you look on my Instagram, there's a video of it. I can send it to you. Oh yeah, and we'll check it out. I I, I think we just recently started following you, so we'll check it out for sure. Uh, that's really cool. I've heard that story before. I don't know if it was on a documentary. Or somewhere where about the whole, you know, the tomato seeds that came from. That's how it happened. And we uh, we take a, a license, a fictional license, okay, <laughs> to to exaggerate when necessary. But the but the point is to make the story interesting and captivating. And and I then I just built the story around that, just imagined and made things up. And awesome and tried to develop interesting characters and put them in situations where they weren't ever thinking they would be and they weren't comfortable at all and forcing them to come to resolutions that required them to, to fix something and fix it quick. And it just forced people into situations that made them think different. Well, we're, I'm really excited to read it. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely check it out and let you know our thoughts on it and stuff. And for all our okay. listeners, go out and, and look it up. I, I mean, where's the best place for them to find the book it's easy to find because it's easy to remember tomato fields and my name is tim moon which is the moon up in the sky so it's it's unfortunately an easy name to remember uh because i can never remember other people's names but they always remember <laughs> mine. uh so if you just put in tomato fields if you go to uh, um, amazon it's all on amazon everything's amazon right now and you can just put in tomato fields and Tim Moon, it comes right up. Might even do that on a Google search now. And then it's it's available paperback. It's available on uh, electronic if you if you like ebooks. Um, and uh, you can also read it on Kindle Unlimited, which is if you have there, if you pay a certain amount every month, you can read books for free. So uh, those are the three options right now. And I'm looking into doing an audio version like you know, we talked about that a little bit, but um, that would be nice if we could, if we could do that. Yeah. I mean, we hope everybody go out, uh, goes out and gets the book, um, whichever method they like the most. And um, yeah. what other projects, if you don't if you want to give a little moment to tell the listeners, any other projects you might be working on, if you have some. Yeah, I'm working on uh, one of two of them, but they're really in the infant stages in the research stages. And the uh, one is the sequel to big, to, um, tomato fields which will be in the setting in texas in the big thicket area and um and if you don't if people don't know that that's just uh, a preserve a wildlife preserve north of houston that 
is very massive, very mysterious, and has a lot of weird paranormal type stuff going on. I'll be ashamed um, if our listeners don't know about the big thicket. Well, they may. I, I, everybody doesn't, but, but uh, I just, just in case, I thought I'd mention that. Um, I also work a lot in the recovery community, and I'm writing a, a book on recovery that's more a novel, again, uh, about person's story than it is a, a nonfiction book. So that's kind of what I'm working on. Both of them are in their infant stages right now. So I hope to have something done on at least one of them by next year. Well, we're, we're rooting for you and we hope, um, send us whenever you get stuff done, send it to us and we'll yeah. try to blast it out to our, our listeners too. You know, um, we believe in, you know, helping others with their projects and, and yeah, it's a passion thing. It. Yeah. I'll so we'll, we'll help you out for sure where we can and, and hopefully vice versa. Everybody go follow Tim Moon on Instagram too, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's just, just look up tomato underscore fields. That's how I have it. It's easy to look. It's easy to find. And can I just mention one more thing about that editing issue? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. When I was uh, just about to the deadline of publishing Tomato Fields, I had an editor that told me that uh, I was decided after, you know, 75% of the book that I was using firearms unsafely. My characters were, and she didn't want to participate anymore and without changing it. And I wasn't going to change it because I didn't think she was correct. And so I wound up having to do everything myself. Editing is not my strongest suit. I'm not, that's just not my strength. I can do it, but it's not my strength. And I did the best I could, but there was still some issues and I've edited it twice since. And, but I've got a, another editor editing it again. And hopefully I'll have all that updated in the next couple of weeks. So if you're a stickler for, uh, typos and stuff like that. And it really bothers you. I understand that. I mean, uh, and I'm doing everything I can to, to fix that. Um, so give it a couple of weeks before you buy the book, but if you don't mind that and you're comfortable and you can live with all that, most people can, you'll like the story. You'll like the characters. You'll probably have fun with it and, and, and be able to read it real quick. It's not a long read. I um I think most of the reviews I'm getting are really good. I'm getting really good reviews, uh, except for a few people who really resented that I missed some typos. Okay, so yeah, which no, I understand. Some people are like that, and I I'm I respect that. I just got stuck in a between a rock and a hard place, but I'm fixing it. Okay. Yeah. No, that's great, and and um yeah, we just want to commend you for you know for your efforts to to do all that stuff. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to put something out there. That's a personal project. And I know it's your first novel and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, anytime you do something, I mean, you're kind of in like in water, you're not familiar with for a little it's bit. Too, and, you know yeah, what I mean? Self-publishing, you're doing all this stuff on your own. You're going into some high risk areas that you're not used to being in. So everybody just give him a, a shout out, go look into his book. I think it's a, a really cool, it sounds like a really cool project. I like that there's like native inspiration. There's the Bigfoot yeah. storylines. There's a lot of, is there, what else is in that book? Is there like other cryptids in there? Is there ghost situations? What What else you got in there? No, I didn't. I just, I did not define. I didn't, I never even mentioned the Bigfoot. I just, they call them something else. And I, that's why I went back to the seventies so I could get back before it became such a fad, you know? And, uh, uh, it does. I didn't. I I didn't say enough that it it could be paranormal. It could be flesh and blood. It could be a mix of the two. I didn't want to step on people's toes and come down hard on one side or the other of that because I don't frankly believe one side or the other anyway. Right. But I wanted to give it room so people could come in with certain ideas without having me you know, change those ideas or try to change those ideas. But, but if, you know, if you come in with an open mind, you, you, you might see things that change the way you look at it. But I didn't want it to be like, I'm being a know-it-all and telling you how this is. Cause I don't think that's true. Well, that, that bothers me a lot when I listen to certain people, I won't name names, but when they think they know it all about the stuff, it's like, well, I guess you got it all figured out. So why are we even talking about it? You know, I think, the truth of it is nobody knows anything. So no one has wrong answers, you know, um, 
because we, we don't know what these things are, right? <laughs> so don't, I like we don't have it all that. figured out. And right. so if I think we know some things, but we don't know enough. <laughs> and we can't be making these sweeping definitive statements about this thing because we don't know enough. And we don't have one in the zoo. <laughs> so, and we're probably not going to have one in the zoo. And that's the thing is like, uh, there's, you know, we don't, how are we supposed to shape any advice to anybody when it comes to this, when it comes to not knowing an origin, even not knowing like DNA enough, like not knowing anything about this thing. All we know is there's little things, tidbits, right? There's, we know there's certain things. There's the, what is it? The, uh, on the foot, mid tarsal break. We mid-tarsal already know break. there's that. We already know there's a, a tie in to sort of a, it's a, what is it? A woman's, a human woman's DNA and a unknown DNA male. unknown. Yeah, if, if all that true, there's a connection between human beings and this thing. But that's kind We're, of all we know, like you're saying. So it's like it's kind of hard for us to to try to, like you said, pinpoint, oh, yeah, they're just aliens coming down here. Oh, or they're just, oh, yeah, they're from a different dimension. Or, oh, yeah, they're completely a hominid. They're the one that hasn't caught I don't think it's fitting. I don't think it's neatly fitting in anybody's package. Right, 100%. And that's part of what they don't like because they want it to neatly fit. It doesn't. <laughs> exactly. Good luck. Like a square in a round peg hole, you know. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a square uh, peg or whatever. I just, I'm confused. <laughs> me too. Jeez, that's me every day. No, but we we appreciate you, Tim. I, I know we're kind of at the, near the end here. We did about uh, an hour's worth of time with you, and we don't want to keep you too long. But we really appreciate um, just you spending time with us and and taking. Yeah, it's time. a pleasure. It's yeah. a pleasure. I love talking about stuff like this. It's so important. So yeah. I'm glad we got to do it. Us too. And and we, and yeah, we'll definitely spread. If you don't mind, we'll share the link, you know, uh, oh, maybe yeah. tell your stuff is edited if that works for you, but we'll share the link on our, our page and um, uh, for the book and everything. And, and yeah, we'll That's just continue awesome. that conversation. Oh, I, yeah. And I sent you, did I send you that podcaster sheet with the links of everything? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cause I, I have the link to the book and the webs, my uh, email and my, uh, Instagram and Twitter, I think on there. Perfect. We'll share that. Share that. They're well, yeah, you can share all of that. Okay. Awesome. Awesome, so, Tim. We appreciate your and time. I'm and- happy if people want to contact me, I'll, I'm happy to talk to you with questions or anything. Okay. I love having like minds on the show, man. Thank you so much. That really was fun. Have you. Well, you have, you guys have a great night. Okay. You as well. Enjoy, Thank you so much, Tim. Enjoy, the, enjoy the cold weather. <laughs> no <laughs> Get way. Get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. good night. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. I want it to-
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.